This is an Alliance podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Florida Culture Podcast, soccer podcast for us, by us, talk about intersection of black culture and soccer. Got your boy here, Grego here. Got a special guest with us uh, tonight, uh, someone that for the past couple of weeks I've been, we've been talking about having him on. We had to reschedule a couple times. We finally nailed it down. We got, first of all, we got the owner, co- co-founder and uh, owner of One Knoxville SC. We got Sam Weisberg. How you doing, man? Uh, good. It's great to be here. Uh, I should say I am not an owner or a co-founder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. I am the first full-time employee of the club. So a close second. Uh, director of Growth is the official title. At one okay. I, I like that name. I like the Director of Growth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I'm glad to have you on, man. And over here to my right is the head coach of One Knoxville SC, Jonathan Nettleton. How you doing today, man? Well, way to, to make that announcement. I am doing well. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not the, the head coach of One Knoxville SC, even though I wish I was. I have a I have a lowly a high school soccer team. Y'all, y'all just got this, like, y'all, y'all, y'all being so coy and humble. But I appreciate that. Hum- humbleness is necessary. Got, got to see that, that's what's up, man. Uh, but yeah, man, um, you're here to talk about uh, One Knoxville SC. Uh, you know, it's been um, an exciting time for you guys. Um, for, y- for those of y'all that, that aren't aware, One Knoxville SC is a new team coming to USL League Two next year. Um, they just were announced. Uh, so, May, I think. Yeah, we, we officially went live in, uh, in February, but then you're right. We didn't have the we didn't have the name on the crest or anything. Uh, yeah, the name yeah, was just just recently announced, and uh, it's actually pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yeah, Matt Matt Wolf's design. Uh, really, really. This pod I'm sure it's familiar with Matt Wolf. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, we just unveiled the crest in August, recently in August. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the name is One Knoxville Soccer Club, and uh, we begin play next May in USL 2, and the plan is to move up to USL 1 the next season, so okay, okay. my pro for one year, and then move up to the full professional format uh, the next season. Oh yeah, that, that's going to be pretty exciting, especially uh, that uh, that cross-state rivalry with, uh, with Memphis 901, that, that'd be uh, pretty tasty right there. Yeah, we're excited about that. Of course, Chattanooga's got a team uh, mm-hmm. just down the road. Um, so yeah, can't can't wait to get up there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, on our on our trip up to Columbus uh, back in July, we uh, yeah we stopped through uh, Knoxville for a quick bit, and uh, it's just, uh, very mountainous. For what I was like, okay, it definitely lives up, lives up to its uh, its moniker. So okay, okay, that's that's what's up. I think I went to. Uh, archers for um for some barbecue um uh while i was there but yeah man uh yeah definitely uh looking forward to uh definitely going to get a chance to talk about one knoxville in more detail and um and whatnot of course for you guys out there thank you for listening to us on your podcast apps apple podcast google podcast spotify audio boom iHeartRadio, radio and of course ftc utd 
YouTube channel where you can see all of our faces and everything and all that good stuff. Make sure you like and subscribe, all the, all the good stuff that comes from your boys at FTC. Of course, it's just it's just me this week. Um, TK's out um, out on the ones and twos. Uh, Coach Tony is still out. Uh, I don't know if I've told you, like Rashad's been like like uh, he's been like going across the country. Like right now, I think he's in Wisconsin right now. I know he was in. Um, in Ohio over the weekend for a wedding. Like he's been working and and uh, going all over the place. But yeah, hopefully uh uh you guys are all safe and sound wherever you are. So I was I had a perfectly good show that I really wanted to, to, to talk about, but then I have to admit Congress kinda of, kind of just jacked up everything. Um for those of y'all who um who um had been following the the news uh the past day basically because this was announced on uh, here on Tuesday. Concacaf made a uh a, they announced the expansion of the League's Cup. Uh, League's Cup is is a competition between MLS and Liga MX. Uh, I think right now is I think it was its eight teams, but as of twenty twenty three, it's supposed to be expanding to all of MLS. And all of Liga MX, that's, I think at the moment, uh, that's 47 teams. I think it'll be, it'll go up to 48, if I'm not mistaken. So basically almost like a whole World Cup and everything. And, uh, and basically they'll, they're going to stop the MLS season in the middle of the season and play this tournament. Um, primarily be hosted here in the U.S. I think they'll have some games in Canada for some reason. I don't know why they won't have games in Mexico. I really don't know. That that's something that just boggles my mind when I when every time I think about it, because I'm like, you can't have a gold cup in Mexico, can't have a gold cup in Canada. Like it's just always gotta be the US every single time. Like, give me like I would love to have a gold cup in Jamaica. Like, would that be too hard? But um but yeah, uh the Leagues Cup is expanding to all all the leagues. And um I don't know if you had a chance to like kinda Start to digest this a little bit, uh, Sam. Um, I know you, I know we had talked about it a quick bit before we started recording. Like, what are your thoughts on it so far? I mean, yeah, I haven't had a, much of a chance to digest it, as you said. I, I would say my initial thought as a fan is I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I think it's an exciting uh, offering, and um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about there. But uh, as we were kind of talking about, the logistics kind of boggle the mind. I don't know how. You would kind of fit that in with an already lengthy season. And there's already enough kind of pressure on some of these top players, you know, in terms of club and country. And uh, to fit this in on top of it, um, it seems like a lot, but it's a really interesting first step. And overall, just kind of excited about the concept. I know um, you had a, had a chance to look at it, John. John, uh, what, what did you think about it? Um, well, um I'm a fan and a coach, so I'm excited anytime we can expand the game here in the United States. Um, any, any local broadcasts I can catch, um, uh, to like pay for a subscription to watch teams play uh, you know, far away. I'm all down for it. Um, our kids, we like to get together and watch games. So if I okay. can have a tournament to watch in the, in the middle of the MLS season, I'm all for it. We'll grab our popcorn and we'll enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, um, definitely from that standpoint, there's definitely a lot of opportunities, especially as it seems like the, the train is still continuing towards, um, 
the possible merger between MLS and Liga MX, which we've talked about, and I have tried to choke out as much as I can. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's very interesting. But it, but like you said, Sam, um, we talked about it earlier. The logistics about um, behind it is kind of wild when you think about it, because for those of y'all who aren't aware and uh, and haven't been listening to us talk about the schedule issues ad nauseum, the MLS season only goes right now from from March, early March until mid October. So you're talking about about six and a half, seven months, uh, not even including players. In that time, you you typically play U.S. Open Cup when that's allowed to be played. Um, you, if if your team's eligible, you play uh, Chance League. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if uh, MLS teams play. Um, uh, the conference league or not? I'm, I'm not sure, but um, but uh, one of our radio uh, broadcaster uh, Mike Conti uh, from 929, uh, he broke it down actually pretty well. Um, not long after the announcement was made, so you have 34 uh, MLS games. Uh, if, if you go all the way to the final, you have, I believe it's uh, seven. Um, Seven, uh, 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 not, not nations league, um, league cup matches. You have four, uh, MLS cup matches. You have US Open Cup, which I think is five. Like it stacks up after a while to where, uh, just, just going by the regular season, you're probably playing about 50 games in about six and a half months. That's not including what you play with. If you go out and play for your national team, um, of course, it's not included if you play playoffs, like, cause like that's, that cuts out the field at least a little bit, but like you're doing a very huge load in a very short amount of time. And I, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time seeing like how this works without extending the schedule. Of course, there's been, um, I saw on uh, Twitter earlier that, um, uh, Coach Vermes of Sporting Kansas City, um, he he put in his quick thoughts on it. It was like like he doesn't see like how this works without expanding the schedule, like where you start going into probably February, perhaps even January to start the season. Now, of course, you start talking about that, you're talking about some really cold games. <laughs> so, um, like, what do you like? Do you, would you have a problem going to a game in, in February? Like, depending on kind of like Knoxville's like pretty much like halfway between us and Columbus. So, like, whether it's going to Columbus or coming here, I'm pretty sure y'all might come down here because at least we got a dome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Madison, Wisconsin in February could be pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But for the, for the MLS, obviously, you'd be in places like Minnesota and Chicago. Soldier Field in, in February. Yeah, not ideal. I not ideal. Now, I actually was talking about it um with my homies earlier. Like, I can see where their schedule could work, but at the same time, like you're talking, you're still talking about you have to convince fans um, to come out, come out during the time of the year where they're not used to coming out. Like, they'll a lot of these, a lot of fans, of course, they, they'll do it for football. They'll do it for football all day long because they'll go. Uh, in January and go to go to Lambeau and it's like, hey, it's no problem. But 
for some reason, I think there's a, a mental hurdle as far as trying to do the same thing for soccer, even though, you know, it's, it's, it's done in some cases, um, in most other countries, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, like, what, what are you guys thoughts on that? I'm just about to, about to laugh thinking about the, you know, the players playing in such cold weather. We, uh, we do it in high school. That's when our scrimmage season starts. Okay. Um, and I, and I know the, the, the battle behind it, you know, trying to hype yourself up. Uh, but those guys are professionals pretty much. They should do uh, whatever they have to in order to, to get on TV, to represent their club and, and to play. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think as far as from the player standpoint, you know, especially those with any ambition to hopefully like go over to Europe or whatever, like in most cases, you got to deal with that on uh, that stuff um, come the winter months. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not the weather's not the weather is never going to be perfect no matter where you work. It's like even like in the current schedule as is, you know, you have hurricanes that can come to Miami or Orlando, DC, New York, even like here in Atlanta, like you have and, and Houston as well. Like you have like that possibility is always there. It's not just a it's not just a case of like, okay, yeah, we can only play when it's warm, but when it's warm it can get jacked up as well. So and mind you, it's burning hot <laughs> during the summer during the summer as well. So there's there's still that as well. So it's never gonna be perfect, but hopefully um uh, the leagues and CONCACAF will come to an arrangement that, that allows players to just want to get their proper rest between games. Cause like the, the MLS games, the schedule as is, is already pretty condensed. And with this and where you're basically stopping this, you're stopping the season for a whole month. You're stopping the season and you're saying, okay, so you're basically losing a month. And you're having to squeeze those games. In the other uh, five and a half, six months, like that might be a lot. That, that's going to be a lot to ask for, especially if you're not changing the schedule as far as international breaks, um, getting time for uh, the other cup competitions. Like it can, it could, it could be real, get real tricky real fast. Um, well, like we still got like another, I guess, uh, about two years. So you know, this um, planning starts starts now, man. Um, but yeah, we got uh, Sam and Jonathan of of One Knock. So, like, tell us, um, like, basically, like, what what was the idea that got One Knoxville started? Um, that's a great question. So, uh, there's a guy named Drew McKenna who is the kind of primary. You know, there's a there's a group of partners, but um, he his wife is from Knoxville. And okay. He's a sports guy, went to Notre Dame, worked in the athletic department in Notre Dame football uh, okay. for years, and um, comes from a sports family. His, his his grandpa was a pretty big figure in the Chicago sports scene. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, was moving to Knoxville and saw there wasn't a pro team, a pro soccer team in Knoxville already. And of a market of that size, it seemed kind of crazy. But just down the road, Chatt- Chattanooga, there's two. Right. And, and, you know, Knoxville is a kind of an, an emergent city. It's, it's really growing quickly. Um, so it seemed like an opportunity. He connected with USL leadership and they said, actually, Knoxville is like a place we, we feel like we have to be. It's, it's one of the largest markets in the country that doesn't yet have pro soccer. So, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, he started to kind of, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't just want to be the guy from Chicago, you know, outsider who kind of just brought soccer to Knoxville. So found some local key stakeholders to partner with and build a really strong team. And then they announced it in February. I, I jumped on board a couple months later. Um, but we're very much like a startup right now, like a soccer startup. You know, there's mm-hmm. kind of doing myself day to day, some interns and, and, and the partners when they can. Um, but you know, it's, it's very much a USL two type small team, you know, front office to build this. And then once you do scale up to USL one, it'll, it'll be a much bigger operation. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the high level of how it got started. Now, now Jonathan, when, um, I first got in touch with Sam a few months, a few months back, uh, did like probably like right around the time, um, not long after the team was first announced and he was telling me a pretty interesting story about, um, about the team that you're currently coaching. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. Oh yes. Yeah. So I uh, coach for um, high school in Knoxville. It's called Austin East high school. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily we're on the East side of, of the city and we are a really small program. Um, I've took over um, about four or five years ago and we've just been trying to develop and, and build our programs with the, the other big time programs in our area. So, I just happened to um, get a, a email and get in contact with with Sam, who's a director of growth, and they just pretty much explained how they wanted to put roots into the community, into all communities in Knoxville, um, and they wanted to have some sort of you know, leg to stand on and credibility before they came in and be like, "Hey, buy my tickets. We're professional. Come see us." So I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a wonderful way to approach us um, in any way that we can help One Knox SC. Um, we will. We really want to grow the game in Knoxville. A lot of people don't know that about us because um, they think we're all about football and they know Pat Summit is from here, so they think about you know, women's basketball. But right. we love soccer. We want soccer. Our, our high schools breed some really, really high-caliber soccer players that we have to send you know, a few states over. So with with this pathway, there's just another you know another level of opportunity, another level of hope I can give my kids, be like, hey, they're, they're, you can aspire to be professional now. It's, it's not all, you know, University of Tennessee or nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really, really infused a lot of energy into not only my team, a community that, that, you know, culturally didn't really have soccer at the forefront. You know, that's not our, our number one sport, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're happy to have one Knox SC in the building. Um, we're happy to be connected with them. Um, Sam, just as a as a man, uh, has been so gracious and helpful uh, and genuine. So it's just it's just a a bond that we hope to to continue to grow. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, um, yeah, one of the things that um, that Sam filled me in on um, back when our our first initial conversation was like. The school that you go, that you, uh, coach at, um, uh, Nisa, uh, like they had like a lot of, uh, tragedy in the, um, in the past. Like I was like, this was it this year, Sam? And, um, and like, of course, this, the soccer has kind of like helped, you know, the, um, the, the school and, and, uh, that's how that part of, uh, Knoxville Hill. So like what, what exactly has uh, been going on? Well, um, probably. Just to sum it all up, since January of this year, there's just been a lot more um, gang activity, gun violence um, mm-hmm. that happens to you know involve a lot of our youth. Um, a lot of times, you know, we can keep them 
out of that type of atmosphere, but it's seeming to creep a little closer and closer um, to our school and to, you know, the areas right around it. Um, we had um, some unfortunate events in which, you know, five people from our from our school alone um, wow. gunned down and killed, whether it was, um, you know, gang violence or accidental shootings. Um, and they just kind of strung together, you know, week after week. Uh, it mm. really, really put our community, our school into a really, really dark place. Um, even now, there's still kind of a, a dark cloud over us. Um, and it, it's wonderful that the sport that I coach, the, the sport that my my kids love, soccer, has been, you know, kind of that that light. We've been able to be a torchbearer of hope, um, trying to, you know, offer another um Pretty much just another level of positivity in our school. It's not all bad. A lot of things uh, don't really happen at the school. Mm. It just kind of gets connected to it stereotypically. Mm. Um, And we have just been battling throughout the entire season, uh, battling that stereotype, that 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 negativity, um, ones that we didn't create ourselves. So it's just uh, seeing that um, and knowing that these are kids, these aren't grown men that have to deal with that. uh, It's heartbreaking. Um, and I'm just happy as, you know, as a, as a man myself to be able to do something to lift spirits, um, of my kids, their parents, um, and offer a little bit of hope. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot to me, especially with, we're all still wrestling with COVID and trying to navigate that in the school. So when you have this on top of that, like, it's like, if, if it's not one thing, it's another. And, you know, we're all just trying to, you know, stay safe in our own way and and something like that happens like that's just wow that's that's just insane um are there any plans sam for like for uh to work with like the high schools in in the area hopefully like i don't know if like i always say like necessarily create a pipeline but at least you know get get the kids involved and uh integrated with um with one knoxville uh yeah so we we uh that's kind of part of this story. Um, I'll kind of touch on the past and how we got involved and then things. Yeah, yeah. Here. Um, so coach was mentioning that, you know, uh, five, five, uh, young adults died because of gun violence in the community. The fifth one, uh, happened at the school itself. A police officer wow. shot a student in the bathroom, uh, um, wow. on, on campus. So, mm-hmm. Soon thereafter, um, this was in the middle of John season, and um, you know a couple of schools didn't want to come to Austin East to play games there. Um, mm. So as kind of like the pro soccer team in town, we had a little bit of kind of capital, social capital, and connections. We were able to reach out to UT and kind of help facilitate moving the game to the University of Tennessee, where the women's team plays at Regal Stadium. Okay. Okay. And so, the Coach Netherlands team had senior night at the University of Tennessee. That's pretty good. And, and the athletic department there was incredible, Greg. Like they, like they, they had to go through a bunch of hoops, jump over, you know, do a bunch of different things that make a game like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was like, as a club, we, that's exactly those are the kind of things we would love to do to kind of help uh, you know, any kind of group in the community that can't. They can't play the game or doesn't have access to the resources. And, um, so just being able to kind of facilitate that was, was big for us. And then going forward, 
um, we just we think there's a lot of energy in Knoxville around high school soccer. That we want to, you know, everyone kind of thinks of club soccer first. Mm-hmm. Different markets, but high school soccer, there's a lot going on, and, and people are really into it. And um, you know, Coach Nedlin can can get into this more, but I mean, his team made a run through state and won the state championship, which is the most incredible part of this whole story is that they they came from you know a, a, a team that would win a couple of games a season winning a state championship this season in the midst of COVID in the midst of this gun violence and See, look at look at look at this dude over here just being humble he didn't mention that you know at all you know yeah. didn't mention that like you know I don't want to be, I don't want to brag I don't want to you know you know you know just toot my own horn but you know we won states like he didn't none of that None of it was hit, but yeah, man, that's 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 incredible, man. Uh, congrats, congrats to you. Congrats to you. Two to one for him, then a little bit Thanks. more than <laughs> in the most epic fashion imaginable. Like they they won state, well, just the state championship itself. They won in penalties in pouring down rain after being down a goal in extra time, and they had they tied it up in extras to get the penalties. And then beat the team who had been like their nemesis the entire like they beat Darth Vader in the <laughs> who was like who has been the top dog in the region for the okay. past few years. Um, but so like this basically, you know, this tragedy happened, and then this amazing night at the University of Tennessee happened where the soccer community in Knoxville surrounded and united behind Austin East. This incredible community moment happened. And then Coach Netherlands team just ran with it. And they just made like one incredible game after game. And we all followed along. And it was almost like a Disney improbable story. And they just kind of, but I shouldn't even say improbable because coach and the kids on the team were just damn awesome. Like they earned every step of it and they deserved every step of it. And nothing was like given to them. They took everything. And because they're champions, they're badasses, and they're just an awesome team. Um, so. But for all of us, it was just so exciting to be a part of and uh, to follow along. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, just in, an incredible story to be part of. And, I, you know, of course, I, I should stop talking and let, let Coach jump in with any kind of additional thoughts about the run. It's an amazing feeling. I, I love recapping it. Um, it's amazing what the kids, the kids themselves done. I, you know, I'm the adult in the room, make sure they don't do the wrong things, but you know, they always did the right thing. They, they knew that they had to not only play just because they, they love the game with soccer itself, but they knew that our community was hurting. They knew that we needed some type of lightning rise, some type of shot in the arm, you know, to pick ourselves up. Cause we, we could have as a school, as a community, um, you know, you know, just just succumb to all that pressure of, of death and violence. Um, but we found a way. Um, the kids, you know, used the, the one tool that they had, um, their bodies and their sport. Um, so I'm proud of them for sure. I, I'm just a like I say, I, I had a, a senior leader on our team, and I say a lot that he was he was the captain. I, I was just the coach. He, he was the, the leader of that team. They kind mm-hmm. of pushed. Yeah, like that's uh yeah, like I said, I you didn't even tell me, man. Like I'm like I'm over here just like like, like okay, it's just no no a little a little small school story to you realize, oh y'all just went state. Like, hey the- yeah, it was that first <laughs> state. So I'm trying to do the face. 
uh, our, our, our nemesis might be watching. So. <laughs> hey, like I said, sometimes, hey, they got they got to live with a two. This is just two, two. And I promise you, I, I did not wear this uh, United uh, kit because it has cause it looks like a Tennessee kit. Doesn't uh, it was? I swear it wasn't on purpose. It just happened to be what I chose to wear tonight. But um, but yeah, well, right. that's that's our um, our outline of our our high school logo. I kind of stole it from Atlanta. We get <laughs> instead of the single A, it's the A and the E and. Okay, okay, okay. We appreciate Atlanta for sure. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, man, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, so like, so next year we're going into the first season of of one next. So like, have y'all already started signing players? Like, like what's um, like what's the plan? Like up until now, and I guess May of next year. Uh, so we bring we'll be onboarding a coach in uh, in the fall, early winter. So. Um, you know, we're looking at candidates across the USL um, right now. And then, yeah, Jonathan right here, yeah. Uh, I'm a coach of the, of the Wilder Boys. But then, yeah, it'll be on it'll be on that person to kind of lead the technical side of the mm-hmm. um, in terms of, you know, USL, too, is a lot of, like, scouting the best college players in the region and, you know, signing them on their, on their college break. It's a very different. Uh, yeah, yeah, like we, we, like we've we covered League One before um, on the show. Like we haven't really had a chance to cover like League Two. Like, what's the difference between League Two and and um and the League One and the Championship? Yeah, so Championship and uh, League One are fully professional, mm-hmm. and so you know players are on contracts and um, you know they're getting paid to play. And at USL Two, it's much more developmental, kind of the pathway concept. Okay. And um, so, you know, a club might pay for uh, a, a young man to like for for his housing and food, but he's but the but the players are not on contract. They're not getting paid to play. Okay. So it's you know um, you know a lot of kind of USL two or a lot of USL one or championship teams will have USL two sides as well to kind of you know be that kind of pathway upwards. Okay. Um, but. It's, you know, like Fort Wayne or uh, Des Moines has a very kind of uh, a strong kind of USL2 club and community and brand, et cetera. But there's USL2 clubs out there that are essentially just like youth travel teams that have a like U20 or U21 kind of team. And they fit in with that USL2 uh, structure as well. So it's um, it's very much like not professional, uh, you know soccer in terms of like paying players um however you know it's it's still usl and um you know it's it's a great first step for us we're going to get you know highly competitive games against like Asheville um just down the road they're in usl too and um you know it can it can still be a great product and um for a community like knoxville that doesn't have you know anything at that level at all it's, it's something fun to rally around and people and we, and we continue to talk about USL one as being the destination and people see that. And, um, and so they're excited about kind of being there as part of the journey. You can almost scale up with the club, you know, and I think that's right. kind of a fun, a fun narrative, uh, to, to, to be about. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, um, um, the big thing that I always hear about is to lead to like, of course, they're starting that pathway to pathway to pro and, you know, like whatever avenues that, that are there, 
that uh, that allows players to just keep, to continue to develop their craft because we talked about before on on the pod before like the actual college season isn't that long so like this definitely allows to supplement that development in the meantime when when the college season is is um is done and still need to play because three months out of the year really doesn't doesn't do a whole lot like you got to keep got to keep playing keep growing and this definitely um this definitely allows that and, um yeah we're definitely um looking forward to to uh, seeing what um one knocks I see of course if y'all need any anyone you know to design the kits you know if y'all got the budget for it you know just holler at your boys because you know you know we, we do a little thing we like we do things and we can make we can make that happen um but yeah, yeah. We can start with some merchandise. We got Matt Wolf lined up. He's already designed the first kits rolling out, so we're feeling confident about those. But um, yeah, merchandise. We definitely need some like lifestyle kind of capsule stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, de- I definitely love the just uh, the sunset over the Smokies and everything. Like I, I, I love that. Look at, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential there, and um, you know, definitely, you know, whatever we can do to help um, help Bob boost y'all up, we'll definitely do that. Um, got a quick episode this this week because. I know John has to get to work pretty soon. Um, uh, just, uh, just a quick plug for the store. Um, the Legends of the Culture hoodies are, are, are officially up on sale. We have the Brianna Scurry um, hoodies and the Saudi Omane hoodies. Um, like we talked about last week, only, only releasing those for a month. So come uh, October 15th, we'll have a new set for October and in November and December and until hoodie season is done. Cause I got plenty, I got plenty in the back. So, you know, just, just, if you, if you got something in mind, just be patient, but yeah, all, all you Liverpool supporters, I finally got something for y'all. So don't, don't come at me for, for nothing else. We got y'all like y'all are already tied with us in first place. Like I said, my, this will hopefully hold y'all off for a bit, but um, definitely uh, of course, Brian Scurry, us women's soccer legend, uh, from the '99 uh, World Cup uh, team, you know, I, I think that one's definitely um, been a very popular order so far. But yeah, definitely make sure you get on that. Definitely make sure you get on the name sets FTC UTD and uh, yeah, just keep supporting the pod because yeah, we're trying to get out of here, out of, out of these, uh, out of these remote environment, get back together and everything. Because yeah, so I miss I miss my guys because yeah, it's been um, it's been a hot minute since we've all been together, but um. But yeah, man. So, of course, to wrap, to wrap things up, we're going to do uh, two up and two down. Now, of course, for those of y'all who aren't aware, aren't initiated to how we do this, basically, there's two, there's two things that you like that's going on in the culture, two things that you don't like that's going on in the culture. It could be soccer-related, world-related, whatever you want. It could be something personal, whatever works for you. So, let's, uh, Sam, let's give, you, let's give you a shot, man. What you got? Uh, two things that are going on in culture. Oh, man. Um... You know, I think, um, number one, and this has really come to light being part of, uh, this club is that there seems like a real movement around being community led mm-hmm. in these kind of middle tier soccer clubs. You know, it's like, Hey, we're not going to have, um, you know, the top players in the world on our, on our team on the field each week, but we can be focused on what's going on in Knoxville or focused on what's going on in Madison or Oakland, you know? And, um, so, you know, we want to be a part of that kind of movement. 
and you know almost running our club as like a social enterprise in that you know we can we can uh, be profitable and sustainable but at the same time we can do good things in the community and in fact the more good things you do in the community the better the more money you can make you know, or the more profitable yeah. and sustainable you can be so uh, I think there's kind of like a movement around that um, so stoked about that I think in general I'm really excited about the U.S. men's national team. I know it's been kind of rough. We were we were in Nashville watching the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, really just you know excited about the young talent coming up. And I think it's like people have no idea that in five or ten years that team is just going to be you know, it's going to be, be wild. It's going to be really wild. It's going to be really wild. I, I just I hope that we have the right coach in place that takes advantage of where. All those players will be in mind you. It's it's not like the the pipeline is stopping. It's just like it's it's getting full real fast. And because like that's basically like what we were waiting for is is when the talent comes comes to so regularly. It's like like how do we keep up? Like you have those problems like like Germany and France have where you could probably have about a two full two full squads and still be like top ten in the world. Like that's that's kind of like where things could possibly happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy to see. Yeah, I mean it's crazy how fast it's happened since the last since failing for the last World Cup. The quality that's come up just since then um, has been pretty significant. Uh, two down. Um, I'll go with Bubuzelas as number one. <laughs> <laughs> just always. Amazing, uh, right? uh, I, I I did I did not appreciate them down in um Theos El Salvador. Like that was just a lot. That was a lot going on. Um, and then kind of what we were talking about earlier, I don't know, for the players' sake, man, it's just too many games sometimes. I mean, these guys just need some rest sometimes. I don't you just, you know, you're talking about this, uh, this this kind of merger tournament or league, and it just seems inevitable because, you know, there's money to be made, there's sponsors to be driven here, and then, of course, it's going to happen. So at the end of the day, you know, I hope players can kind of stand up and get, and get what they need. So sometimes that's that's a break. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'm a, I'm a hop in um, before you juggle. I'm gonna let the state champion go last. I'm let the state champion go last. Right. Um, so, <laughs> um, my ups this week. Um, of course, Atlanta's still, you know, like we are, we are unbelievably hot right now. Like it's, it's crazy. Like how two months ago, everyone was ready to just bail and and just jump ship from Atlanta and just the last two months have been like I don't want to say a revelation it's just more so like this is what we always thought it could be when you have everyone healthy and available and they're all clicking um I think a definite shout out needs needs to go out to um Ezekiel Barco and um and our new setting um Luis Araujo I've been working on my, on that pronunciation for a bit, so hopefully y'all are happy with me on that one. Because um, yeah, like they have been on, just on another level um, the past, especially like the past month since Pineda has uh, taken over the team, and it's uh, it's been exciting because not only do you see it in the stands, but you also see it in um, the crowds. Because like for a while this season, like that that loudness that we used to be known for, it just wasn't there. But like, I'm obviously like, especially between the uh, Orlando game and um, this, uh, this past week with DC, like the, like the noise was there. Like it was like, Oh, oh, we're back back. So 
that's been really exciting, exciting to see. Um, second up is um, one of the uh, plastic supporter, um, so women supporters group on this nationwide and everything. One of their leaders was here in uh, Atlanta this past weekend, Nicole. She's been really dope. Uh, Go follow on the socials if you haven't done so already. And she was down here for the game, so I finally got a chance to meet her. Uh, that's like honestly, that's probably uh, a season highlight. Uh, we like I'm I'm working on her. I'm like yo, because like she already has a best friend down here. I'm like you just go ahead and just leave Jersey. Let's go ahead and come out here. Like just go ahead and just make that move because you know she says she loves it down here. So I'm like just go ahead. Like you don't want to you don't want to do all that coldness. You want to do all that all that Jersey life. Just go ahead and just come down here. So. But yeah, um, I only really have one up. I mean, one down. And uh, actually, no, actually, I, I do have two downs. But I, I have one I want to make. I just want to make none of. Um, for those of y'all who have been following my car journey, y'all know I was out of a, out of a car last last year, and I got mine like late last year. And somehow, some way, this past weekend, my key broke off my remote, like snapped, like. In my pocket, like I can't crank my car. Like it's it's absolutely wild, and like I couldn't even tell like how it happened. I just know it did, and like I just got a towed today to the dealership, and um, hopefully they will have it fixed by the time y'all get this episode. But but yeah, like I didn't even know you could even break uh, remotes like that. So like especially the, the key part of them, like that's just that's just wild to me. But um. But yeah, I've been basically in my house since uh since 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 the game on Saturday. So yeah, I've um I've been trying to keep myself busy um during this time. And um but yes, it's um it's been a big headache. Um that hopefully it will um hopefully have its conclusion by tomorrow. Second down, um much like how we talked about with the um the Leeds Cup, there's been a lot of talk about mer about um having the world cup every two years and like, like we've been talking about, like how do you do this and, and not just completely burn your players completely out because I don't see where you could have a break. I don't even see how you could have time for uh, an international break and, and play qualifiers and play friendlies. Cause you're so stacked up on games just in the club side that, when would you have time for um, games for the, your national team and these tournaments? And, and you're still at, you're still trying to play your, your Euros. You're still trying to play your um, your Gold Cup. Like that's just a lot of congestion in a very short amount of time. I can see how it worked for the women, and they haven't even brought that part up. But for the men, I just don't see it. I I think it's it's, it's a lot. It's asking a lot. Like you have to. You can get one, but you can't get the other. So if you want to start doing these leagues cup and everything and nations league, you could do that, but you have to keep the world cup where it is. And I mean, uh, I, I know Beaver's trying, trying hard to push that, but I just don't see how that's, um, feasible. But, um, that's really all I got. Hopefully by the time I get this, by the time y'all get this, I'll be mobile again. But, uh, yo, what's, what's, uh, the home run hitter, man? What you got, John? Yeah, well, so the, the the thing is two up and two down, like two positives and two negatives. Mm-hmm. I say in general, soccer, whatever. Whatever you want. I, I try to keep it in soccer, but I want to do do some local plugs. Um, yeah. 
found a, uh, a text message from a parent, um, Mr. Stewart, his, his, my player, um, kind of got drafted up by uh, Nashville SC, um, after our uh-huh. championship. He's just a sophomore. So it was bittersweet losing him. Um, but he is, is taking off, um, and doing really well up there. I think he's trying his best to submit a starting role. They sent a little, uh, mug shots or, you know, headshots of the, of the team. So I'm just super happy about that. Um, so hopefully we can follow his journey later on in life. We'll, we'll know the name Makai Stewart. Um, sure. that's one up. Um, the second up is my favorite team in town, um, the Lady Vox at University of Tennessee. They, um, played eight matches. They've had seven shutouts, um, and they are on their roll. Um, I'm looking forward to playing them on Thursday. So I just want to shout out to Brian Pinsky, um, and the coach over there at the Vols. Um, two downs. Um, one is just the time of the year. You know, it's fall means winter is coming, and, and there's a lot I can't do with my team. Um, I'm hoping that they'll go to the club and, and develop themselves and you know, have that personal responsibility. But I just don't have my hands on them, so I'm just kind of antsy to get get back around to spring, get back to February, and, and see them again. Um, and a, a second down. I don't have a second down. That's pretty much it. I don't hey, know. sometimes it yeah. happens that way. Um, on that note, I, I did see that um, that uh, NYCFC just signed a 14-year-old. I think it's like the second youngest player ever in MLS history to uh, to be signed to a first-team contract. His uh, name is Christian McFarland. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, definitely uh, looking forward to seeing what comes from there. I uh, hope y'all looking forward to uh, Florida beat Tennessee this weekend. I'm just, I'm just letting y'all know ahead of time. Just let y'all know. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, it's definitely been great to have you guys on. And I'll finally get a chance to uh, spread the word about what next to us. See you again. Y'all need it for kids. Just, you know, just let me know. But uh, as always, you can catch some social at FTC, UTD. Where can they find out what next on the social side, Sam? Yeah, we're one Knox SC uh, across all the social channels, and yeah, man, we definitely owe you a start. That would, both, that would definitely add some much needed color there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I tried not to go too black because I know I, I can I can easily just go all black all day. But yeah, definitely. Uh, like I, said, I love I love the one Knox color, so definitely. Yeah, so yeah, send some our way. We definitely would appreciate it. Uh, of course, again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram will be up on there. I, I know I was kind of lazy, lazy this week. To, I said, is this been a lot with the card and everything. I'll be back up on it this this week. But yeah, until next week, you know, enjoy your football for for coach, for mayor, for TK. Coach is real. Coach is everywhere. We'll see y'all soon. Stay get backs, y'all. Stop playing. Get backs. Absolutely. We'll see y'all soon. We'll see y'all soon and we out. FTC. U-T-D.